0: feel so comfortable,
1: <laughs> but if it is,
0: it's because the, the Spirit of God is working, and He's working in your life. And I want to talk about in this Christmas season, and I, as I said earlier, we are we are uh, we are we are celebrating Christmas. And man, I can tell you this: you know, we've had the debates in our society about saying "Merry Christmas" or "Happy Holidays." Well, let me just state for the record. Merry Christmas. When you go out this afternoon, thanks to our great servant who helps us with the signage out there, Joe Wells, you'll see if you turn around and you'll see one sign as you're leaving, it has some letters on it. But if you look back and look on the front side, you'll see, Merry Christmas. This church is declaring that it is time to celebrate Jesus. We're not apologizing for it. We're going to get busy with it. Hallelujah. We've cleared Thanksgiving. We're in this time of year. It's time to start thinking about Christmas. We all know it, but today I want to talk to you about looking at this story that we're all, probably mostly all, so familiar with from a little different angle. When the first Christmas happened, uh, not many people were, were involved in it. I mean, in fact, the overwhelming majority of people missed it completely. They didn't hear about it. They didn't know about it. And for those that did, they didn't really, at that time, understand the significance of it. They, uh, I mean, When you think about it, we understand the story because we've seen the end of the story. We know how it all plays out. But for those at the time, you have to sort of, if you can today with me, put yourself in the time where they didn't know what the end of the story was. They didn't know how it all played out. And, and for the very few, and we'll talk about some of them today, who got to participate in this most significant event in history where God, the creator God, almighty God, came to earth in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. All of the people that got to participate in that, what made them special? Joseph, Mary, the shepherds. The wise men. What made them special? You know what the answer to that is? Absolutely nothing. Nothing made them. They were they were not special. In fact, they were ordinary in every way. They were they were just average people. And if you if you look at it from 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 that standpoint, God chose to use each of those groups, each of those people, that, those groups of people, in a very special way. He chose them and to use them in a very specific way, and I want to talk today about this idea of us, for each of us, for me, for you, to ask God to choose me and to use me, to choose me and to use me just as he did them. Now, if you look at what uh, Joseph did, what Mary did, what, what the shepherds did, what the wise men did, it's the very same thing, what they were doing, we're going to talk about it. The very same thing as to what they were doing, you can do during this Christmas season. And it's the same thing that you can do that will bring God's blessings upon your life. Just as it did for them. They were blessed, these people I just identified in this first in this Christmas story. They were blessed because they were blessable. I don't know if that's right, grammar. Anything anybody who have English major's in here? <laughs> But they were blessed because they put themselves in a place to be blessed. Let's start with Joseph, the most overlooked character, I think, in this whole story. Joseph was nothing special. He was an average guy, blue collar worker. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it's what he was. He came from a small village. He was uh he was not uh, not not wealthy, I would say he's poor. He was just a normal, what we would call average Joe. And he was engaged. He was engaged. To be married. Now, one day, his fiancee comes to him. (laughs) Mary, who we all know and love. Mary came to him and said, Honey, I'm pregnant. And you're not going to believe this, Joseph. But I've not had relations with any other man. In fact, I'm unique. I'm going to birth a child and. It's it's going to be the first woman in history to do that as a virgin. Oh, and yeah, by the way, God is the daddy. Now, I'm sorry, man, you don't have to answer this. This is rhetorical. Would any of you buy that? I mean, come on. Now, again, think about it back then. Joseph doesn't know how the story plays out. Here's Joseph listening to this, and if it were me, I'm just going to be honest. I'd say, well, you know what? Could you just tell me the truth instead of concocting this whole story? What are you talking about? You're pregnant and you haven't been with a man. Come on. But Joseph, in his goodness, he was a good man. And in his kindness, and really in his humility, he didn't want to embarrass her. He loved her. He did love her. But what he was going to do is so not to create any scandal or any you know, problems. He wanted to just just quietly divorce now they weren't married at that time but in when you're engaged in that uh, time of uh, in culture it was essentially like getting a divorce to break an engagement so he didn't want to do that but now what's going to happen next with Joseph is that he is going to be tested How many people like to be tested by God like it now you like it okay he's going to be tested. And let's look at what Matthew says about this. It says this, Joseph was a good man, and he didn't want to publicly disgrace Mary, so he planned to quietly divorce her. But an angel appeared to him in a dream. When Joseph woke up, he did exactly what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do. I want to draw your attention to that word exactly. Say exactly. He did exactly exactly. What the angel of the Lord commanded him to do, and he took Mary home as his wife. Now, considering the circumstances of what I just described to you, that took great faith. That took great faith on the part of Joseph. So, what is Joseph doing when he's doing this? You can say, well, an angel came and spoke to him. Look, you know what? We miss God so many times when he's speaking to us. I tell people all the time, he's always speaking. We're just not listening. He's always speaking. We're not in the places where he can speak to us because we're not in his word, we're not in prayer, whatever it might be. But Joseph, what he did is, he did exactly what he was asked to do. What What does that mean? Here's what it means. Joseph was trusting that God had a bigger and a better plan for him than he had for himself. That's what Joseph was doing. That's very important to understand. So that's what we can learn from Joseph. If you want to be blessed like Joseph, cooperate with God's plan for your life. If you want to be blessed like Joseph, cooperate with God's plan for your life. Listen to this. Even when it doesn't make any sense. Let me tell you something. My experience has been, most of the time, God's plan for our life doesn't make any sense. To our human mind. To what we can get our arms around. And thank God for it, because if it was if it was something I could figure out, then it wouldn't be too good. I, I mean, you know, I might be—I guess I'm okay on the intelligence quotient, but I'm not—I'm not at <laughs> I'm not, I'm the place where God is, nor do I want to be. His plan is greater, and Joseph decided he was going to do that, and he was going to be blessed. Now, that's something you can do this Christmas. You can do what Joseph did. You can cooperate with God's plan. For your life. So I ask you this question today. You can answer it to, your, to yourself. Are you cooperating with God's plan for your life right now? Or are you following your own plan? Or well, let me even put it this way. Are you cooperating with God's plan for your life 100%? Or are you cooperating where it's 80% God's plan, I'm doing pretty good, but it's 20% my plan? Or put whatever number you want in there. It can be 95% His plan and 5% with your plan. Guess what? I'm here to tell you today, there is no middle ground. You're either 100% in God's plan or you're not in His plan. Boy, that's real quiet. <laughs> you're 100% in or you're not. Now, I'm not saying God can't decide to bless you and do things in your life regardless of what you're doing, what your circumstances are. He does that all the time. Thank God for it. But what I am saying is, if you want to be blessed, if you want to say that that I want the full blessings of God and His favor on my life, you've got to be 100% in His plan. That's what Joseph decided to do. He did exactly, say that word again with me, exactly what the angel told him to do. Didn't I will do most of it, but I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do it this way. No, he did what the angel said. Even though it was the most outrageous thing. Most outrageous thing that could be said. The the big ask that the angel had, but he gave it anyway. Jeremiah 29 11. We all know this verse, or most of us do. I'm going to give it to you from a little different perspective today. This is what is known as the message paraphrase. It's just uh, like the old living Bible. Something that just gives you a, a way of looking at the scriptures in a different way. I, I refer to it occasionally. I don't rely on it. I just say that to be clear. But I do look at it occasionally to get perspective and, and insight. And this is how it says, Jeremiah 29, 11, in the message. It says, God says, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Good plans to take care of you, not to hurt you. My plans will give you the future you hope for. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Now think about this. God is saying, I know what I'm doing. How many believe that God knows what he's doing? How many people believe that God knows what he's doing? Joseph did. He cooperated with God's plan. That's why he was blessed. What about the shepherds? The second group of shepherds, man. These guys are the lowest rung on the socio-economic ladder, on the the social circles. They're the last to get the invitation to all the good parties. (laughs) They're the the lowest uh, on the totem pole, as some people may say. But so thought of in very high esteem because they smelled bad. They were out wallowing around with sheep all day. Back then, they didn't have the ability to kind of get showers and all that stuff. They were were stinky, smelly, dirty. They had a dirty job. Has anybody ever seen the show Dirty Jobs? (laughs) If you haven't, it's an interesting show. This job would be at the top of their list of dirty jobs. That would be the shepherds. They were incredibly unpopular. In fact, they would be not the people you would invite to a birthday party. You certainly wouldn't invite them to something like your your baby's birth. Yeah, let me do this. I'm going to invite these stinky, smelly, sweaty, nasty old shepherds to my baby's birth. That's what I'm going to do. None of us would do that. But God did it because he wanted people from every walk of life. No matter what they smelled like, what they looked like, no matter what other people thought about him, he was inviting them into the party. He was bringing them in because he wanted it to be that way. Now, here are these guys are out there. they They'll just picture this again. They don't know the story like we know it, so they're out there in the fields. They're just they're relaxing. They're, they, don't, they don't have a house or a shelter to sleep in. They they sleep out in the fields with their sheep. It's what they do. And all of a sudden, bam, the sky opens up. A big bright light, like in that video we saw a minute ago. A big bright light shines down. And the angel of the Lord shows up and makes this big announcement. There's thousands of angels. This is what they're seeing. A chorus of angels. And they sing, glory to God in the highest. Say that with me. Glory to God in the highest. Shout it. Glory to God in the highest. And multiply that by a thousand times. That's what they were seeing in this light had to be just like freaking out. Absolutely, 100%. And in Luke, he says this, chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, the angel said to the shepherds, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. All people. Really listen to that. He doesn't say it's for one group. He doesn't say it's for a particular social club. He doesn't say that it's for a uh, for a particular nationality or ethnicity or any type of requirement. It's for all people. Think about that in our society today. How important that is. That this message of the gospel, this great event that was going on, it's for everybody. There's no one excluded. How many people believe God is a God of inclusion? Well, you listen to what the world says out there, and they'll try to convince you every single way from Sunday that God is a God that excludes everybody. That's not true. That's a lie. God is a God of inclusion. He wants everybody to come in. He wants to have everybody participating. That's why he chose the shepherds. Then it goes on to say, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. So now they experience this whole event, this big thing, the shepherds. What do they do? What do they do? Verse 16 says this. The shepherds hurried to Bethlehem. Now, if you had just experienced something like that, would you sit around and wait and say, well, I'll go check this out later. (laughs) You'd be up, man. I think they ran. That's what I think they did. I think they ran. They weren't like walking down and just, you know, saying, well, we'll stop along the way and talk to our friends or We'll pick up a few stones and throw them in the brook. or we'll get, No, they got up and made haste, translations of the scriptures say. They made haste. They were in a hurry to get there. And it says, they hurried to Bethlehem, and there they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, speaking of the shepherd seeing Jesus, when they had seen him, they returned to their fields singing praises and thanking Jesus. God, singing praises and thanking God. Let me tell you what was happening. They were having a party. That's what they were doing. They were having a party. For all that they had seen and heard, Scripture goes on to say, Luke writes, for all that they had seen and heard and seen, which happened just as the angel had told them. So Joseph cooperated. The shepherds celebrated. Now think about this, they get there, they see all this, they, they were in the fields, they saw that, they get to the to where the baby is, and now they're going back, and they're excited, they're having a party, they're telling, right, now think, just picture this thing, what do you think you're doing, like, wow, did you see that, that was really good, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> These guys were excited, man, they saw something that no one else had seen, they were in, for once in their life, they were on the inside, they had an invitation to this great event, and they were probably going home, saying to each other, Man, can you believe that? That's great. Ooh, they're singing praises. They're thanking God. I think they're probably high-fiving each other. They're walking down. They're like, Man, can you believe we were included in this? Us, these shepherds, were included in this whole thing that we just experienced. The shepherds, they celebrated. And God's grace was shown to them, the lowliest of people. Isn't that how God is sometimes? lowly no, the people. He picked them out specifically. Now Christmas, I think that's apropos because Christmas is a time for festivity. How many people have ever been to a Christmas party? How many people have had a Christmas party? Your work has a Christmas party? Well, I can't go. I've got a Christmas party on that. Now, oh, no, Christmas season. It's like, no, I've got a Christmas party. Our church got a Christmas party. Our work's got a Christmas party. My family's got a Christmas party. Christmas party, Christmas party. Of course, if we're all doing that to celebrate the birth of Jesus, I have no problem. Have as many parties as you want. It's worth having a party to celebrate Jesus. But that's what it is. It's a festive time. It's made to be a happy time. That's why we say Mary. That's why we say Mary. Because Mary means happy. Let me tell you why we should be happy. Why we should be merry. Why we should be excited. Why this should be so powerful. Let me tell you this. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the best news that has ever been delivered into this world. It's the best news. There's nothing even close second to it. The gospel of Jesus is something worth being merry about. Happy time. So, here's the point. You want to be blessed like the shepherds? Celebrate that God is here with us. You saw the video earlier, Emmanuel. Translated, God with us. How many people believe God's with you right now? See, He is not, I said earlier, He is not some all far away, out in heaven or in the universe somewhere God. He is the God who is present in this place right now. We just need to understand it and accept it and live in that. Every day of our life, we should get up in the morning thanking God that I don't have to do this alone. That today you're walking beside me, and whatever I face, or whatever difficulties I have, whatever the challenges may be, I'm not alone. You're with me. I can do this. I can do it because God is with me. He's with me. He's with you. You should celebrate that. There's a saying somebody said one time: "You lose your fear when God is near. You lose your fear." All the things that you maybe are afraid of, or maybe even fearful of, or things that you're not looking forward to, you lose that fear when God is near. And let me tell you, you may not always feel it, but a feeling is not a fact. Let me explain A feeling is not a fact. I'll give you an example. Every day of my life, every minute, every moment that I walk around in my daily life, the things that I do, I don't feel like I'm married. But the fact of the matter is, is that I am married. And may I say, thank God for it. That somebody would, oh, she's not there. Has she left me? <laughs> time, 24-7. I'm married all the time, 24-7. Same thing with God's presence. In a way, I'm just trying to give you an example. God's presence, you may not feel it all the time, but the fact of the matter is, God's presence is always here. Always! You don't have to feel it for it to be there. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you will feel God's presence. You'll feel it powerful. You'll feel it in a real way. I felt it today. Did you? In In this worship, in this time... You will do that. But just when you don't feel it, don't think it's not there. He is present. The shepherds, they figured that out. They celebrated it. And the other thing is, they told everybody about it. They told everybody about it. They went out, the scripture says, they went out and shared it with everyone. Now, I'm going to ask you this, just to think about, who's the last person that you shared this good news with? Just think about it for a moment. Who's the last person you shared it with? You can't think of it. You need to, I I believe. I'm not saying that to be judgmental or critical at all. It's giving you something to be challenged. When was the last time that you shared with someone that their past, no matter what it was, could be forgiven, that they can have a reason for living and that their eternity is secure by being with the God creator of the universe for all eternity? That's, in a nutshell, what I just described right there, that's the good news. When was the last time we shared that with someone? Like, well, the shepherds was telling everybody, it says. Everybody. They were gossiping the gospel. <laughs> they were out there telling everybody that would listen. They celebrated and they communicated. Now, Mary, let's talk about her. Mary is probably the star of the story. You know, everybody knows about Mary, but the truth is, Mary had to be scared to death. Now, here's Mary. Picture this. She's barely a teenager. Most scholars believe from what they said, again, this is just what most people believe, that she was 14, probably around 14 years old when she gave birth to Jesus. Now, uh, that, of course, is a different time in culture and, and, the, and the timelines of when people were married and had families and all that were different back then, but, but that's what most scholars believe. But so you, you look at it, and so here she is barely a teenager, a young 14-year-old, let's say, girl, and, and now she has no mother, she has no other family, she has no midwife, she has no hospital, she has no doctor, she has no people caring for her. All she's doing, this 14-year-old girl, is having to give birth to her first child in a barn with a bunch of animals now, for all of you ladies who have had children, I'm, I'm asking you, would that not be frightening? I think it's probably frightening enough. I've always said, thank goodness I wasn't a woman, because I don't know what in the world i think about something coming out of my body like that. I don't mean to be indelicate. I'm just saying, it's a big deal. For those of you who've done it, you know. Okay? Let's just call it like it is. That's a big deal. I don't want to do it. And here she is having to face all of that. She's facing all of that in all of those circumstances. That had to be scary. But as the story goes, and as Luke writes in chapter 2, it says that in all the things that she heard, like when the angel talked to her, when the angels talked to Joseph, when uh, the angels talked to the shepherd, everybody else that was talking, anything that was going on, it says she listened. She listened. It's very important. Here's what it says. Then the shepherds told everyone... As I said before. They told everyone. They were telling everybody, like I said. The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Everyone else who heard the shepherd's story were amazed. Think about how amazing that story was because I'm sure part of their story was how the angels came out and the light shone down and they were singing and, and all of that. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story were, were amazed. But Mary treasured up all the words she heard and continued to quietly ponder them in her heart. Some interesting words in that, which I want to just draw your attention to. Told, said, heard, treasured up, and pondered. So what did Mary do? What did she do correctly in this situation? You know what it is? I think, if you could put it in a nutshell, she paid attention. Mary was there with all this going on around her, giving birth to this child in these circumstances, but she's she's paying attention. And while everybody else was wondering what all this meant and what everything that was going on and all these people making such a big deal out of everything, she was patient, she listened, she remembered, and she pondered. How many know what ponder means? I looked it up. <laughs> I know what it meant before. but Pondering is just something where you're carefully considering something. You're thinking about it over and over. You're letting it marinate, if you will. You're you're digesting it. You're you're thinking about it carefully. And you're doing that over and over. You're meditating on it, if you will. And and that's what she was doing. She, She treasured these things in her heart. She hid them and she pondered them. She had to think during all of this, what is God saying to me? What is God saying to me? And as she did all of that, I believe, and we could talk about that. I I really thought about this. This is a whole other thing that I could just go into the entire discussion about what Mary pondered and how that was so important. And, And I encourage you to just think about that and look that up. You can find a lot of information about that. But if you want to be blessed, I'm going to say this again in this season or in any season, but this is Christmas season is what we're talking about. If you want to be blessed, cooperate like Joseph. Celebrate like the shepherds. And then here's the word for Mary. Contemplate God's word. The word of God. Contemplate it. Ponder it like Mary did. So what would happen, I would ask you, if you start doing that this Christmas season? What if you start pondering things of the Word of God? What if you really start letting that marinate and, and uh, you meditate on it and you digest the, the, the Word? What would happen? you think you'd be blessed? I think you'd be blessed. I know you'd be blessed. <laughs> Here's a verse that will illuminate this a little more. James 1:25. If you keep looking and carefully studying God's perfect Word. How many believe God's Word is perfect? Inerrant. Infallible. If you carefully study God's perfect Word, which sets you free. How many people have heard the truth sets you free? Okay, this is the truth. God's Word is the truth. And if you do what it says, ooh, that's the part that might be a little difficult sometimes. If you do what it says and you don't forget it, you will be, you will be, you will be, you will be blessed by God. God for doing it really important you're not blessed for reading it you're not blessed for uh, for studying it you're not blessed for hearing it you're not blessed for underlining it or highlighting it you're not blessed for that you're blessed for for doing it you're blessed for doing it but now you can't do it if you don't read it and study it and, and let it and, and meditate on it and ponder it And they are saying, you you can't do it if you don't do that. But that's not what's going to get get you blessings. It says it right here. You do what it says. And don't forget it. You will be. You will be blessed by God. That's important. Real powerful stuff there. So, if you want to be blessed like Joseph, cooperate with God's plan. You want to be blessed like the shepherds and get the experience that they got? Celebrate the good news. Celebrate God's grace to you. Celebrate his goodness. Celebrate things that, and, and, and be in a life of uh, and, a, and a spirit of gratitude for what God has done. If you want to be blessed, you need to contemplate what God says in his word. You need to ponder that like Mary did. How many want to be blessed? How many want to be blessed? Come on. How many want to be blessed? I'm not saying you're not being blessed. now. I'm saying, how many want more blessing? How many want the full range of God's blessing in their life? If you want that, I'm giving you some things that can help you. I'm giving you some things that can help you today. Here's another verse that will help us. This is Joshua 1.8. This is one of my heroes in the scripture. I named my son after him. Joshua 1.8 says this. Study this book. Continually. Does anybody know what book you're talking about? Scripture. Word of God. Study this book continually. Remember it and meditate on it day and night. So you'll be sure to do everything it says. Remember what we just said a minute ago? If you meditate on it day and night, you're going to be able to be in a place where you can do. And if you do it, you're going to be, you're going to be blessed. I'm asking you these things and I want to make sure you're (laughs) it with me, I don't want to lose you. So it says, remember it, meditate on that, so you'll be sure to do everything it says. And then I want you to read this last sentence with me together, everyone. Then you will prosper, and you will be successful. Amen! That's right! Ponder that for a few minutes. That's the only promise of the scripture promises success that I know of. And there it is. It's right there. If you contemplate the word of God, if you think about it, and then you do what it says, God is saying you will prosper and you will be successful. That's not me. I'm not saying that, friends. God's saying that today. He's making this point today. Successful man. Just that lesson of learning about what Mary did. Take that verse. Take all of this today. Take that and just ponder it. Let it sink in. Meditate on it. Live in it. Believe it. Trust it. All right, wise men. This is it. We're we'll wrap up with these guys. Who are these guys? Okay, likely they were royal advisors to, you know, the uh, king of Babylon, king of Persia, whoever. You know, it, it may have been. The Guy, they called them. They were astronomers, um, but they were also amongst, most people believe, some of the most educated men of their day. That's why they called them, I guess, the wise men. <laughs> that would be a good, a good reason that they got that name. But they were educated, they were scientists, they studied literature, languages. There's a lot of things that you can look up and find out about, uh, about these, these type of people back in those days historically, if you want to. And they, of course, they were astronomers, they were studying stars, and they saw this star that God had placed there. And they started studying things around it, scripture and other things, to to try to figure out what this was, because they had not seen it before. And then they realized at some point that it was a sign. That they identified it as a sign. So now what are they going to do? They're going to put themselves together in a caravan. I I almost, I shouldn't say caravan. (laughs) That word now is got I hate this where you even say a word and it sounds so weird now. You know. But they, they that's what they did because back then it wasn't like, okay, these three wise men, have you ever thought about it? You think there's three guys went on that journey? No possible way. Back then there weren't interstate highways, there's not hotels, there's not little stores you can stop off and get supplies. When you embark on a journey like that, it's a big deal. Let me tell you, it was expensive, so they had to have money. It was dangerous because they're going from what was now in modern day, it'd be somewhere in Iraq or Iran, all the way to Bethlehem. They had to have supplies and all these things to go for a journey like that. It was going to take a long, long time to get there. I mean, this was this was a big thing. and uh, But they did it because it was a pursuit that they felt like they were being led to. They were seeking God, in, in, in essence. It was an intellectual pursuit of some sorts, but... They were seeking Him. Have you ever heard during the Christmas season, wise men still seek Him? How many people believe that? Wise men still seek Him. We hear a lot about the term seekers in this generation of churches. I don't have any problem with seekers. Anybody that's seeking God is a good thing. And I consider you all here today to be wise people if you're seeking God. You want me to tell you something else I feel like? And I'm not saying this to be, I hope it's not harsh or critical or or even indelicate. I don't know. But I'm going to say this. I don't think, I think that it's foolish, people are foolish people not to seek God. That's true. You're foolish if you're not seeking God. If you're here today and you're not seeking Him, you're foolish. Don't mean to be me. I love you, and I mean that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. But that's truth. But wise men still seek Him. These wise men were seeking Jesus. Jeremiah said this so well. We talked about Jeremiah 29:11. A lot of people know that verse. There's a verse, two verses later. It's Jeremiah 29 says, 13. It says, you will, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. When you seek me with all your heart. Said it so well. And that's what they were doing. This is the season, if there ever is a time, and there always is a good time. But this is the season, if there ever is a time, in Christmas, to seek Jesus. To seek him. And all that he has for you. Matthew wrote like this about the wise men. When the wise men saw the child with his mother, Mary, they bowed down. Now, can you imagine the scene? These guys are the educated. They are the elite. They are the opposite of the shepherds. Here they are. They could have come in and said, well, you know, I, I hope you're glad that we're here. We're the wise men. We've arrived. I hope you guys are happy to see us. No, what they did is they saw the awesomeness and the holiness of the birth of a Savior, the King of the world, was coming into the world, and they bowed down to a baby. That's what they did. That's what the Scripture is saying. They bowed down. They worshiped Him. And it goes on to say this, Then they opened their treasure chest and presented Him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. Then being warned in a dream, they headed home by a different way. That's another part of the story. So now coming to Jesus, in that case, for them to come that far, it cost them a lot. It cost them money. It cost them time. It cost them fatigue and energy and everything that went into that that, that, uh, caravan that they had to put together to go. It cost them a lot to seek him. So what could you and I learn from that? I will tell you what I think. If you want to be blessed, if you want the full blessing, the full measure of God's blessing, you'll give of your time, your talents, and your gifts. you want a full blessing of God, you're going to give of your time and talents talents. They did that. That's what the wise men did. Look, all the stuff we have, everybody, comes from Him to start with. Does anybody not believe that or really fully embrace that? Everything you have, whether it's a little or a lot, it all comes from Him. It's all something that's been given to you. He created you. He created you for a purpose. He created everything around you, and all that you see and all that you know. Everything was created by Him. You offer your time and your talents and your gifts as unto the Lord to Jesus, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. That's a promise. You know what happens when you do that? When you do that, you give that, he multiplies it. He expands it. He fertilizes it. He grows it. He he, he, he does things with it that will come back to you at the point when you need it most. That's what he'll do. Rob, would you please come as we close? A couple of other verses that can talk about that a little bit. Look up here. Romans 12.1. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Dedicated. Say dedicated with me. Dedicated. Dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. Romans 6.13. Give yourselves completely. That means entirely. That's that 100%, 0% I was talking about before. It's not 90-10. It's all in or it's not in. Completely to God. Every part of you. For you want to be tools. In the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. So I want to ask, as I close here today, I want to ask you this question. I want you to think about this. Serious now. What are you going to give Jesus this Christmas? What present are you going to give to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and our Savior and our God? What are you going to give Jesus this Christmas? What Christmas present? In the next couple of weeks, if you haven't already, you're going to spend a lot of time, money. Most of us are at least collectively. You're going to spend time, money, energy, effort in obtaining gifts and distributing gifts for everyone around you. What are you going to get, Jesus? This Christmas? Think about it. Now. This is not just for me to just say something. I want you to think about that. times you've ever been to a birthday party and you bring presents and you give them out to everybody who's attending the party, but you don't give one to the birthday boy? Who's the birthday boy? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. we got to have a gift for him. What are you giving Jesus? You say, well, Pastor Billy, what do you give to God? I mean, what, what do I give to a God that has everything? what well, he's going to be a hard person to shop for. Like my dad and my mom. You, you give it to me what are the four things that we've talked about some of these things today maybe it's one, maybe it's all, maybe it's a couple you want to be blessed as a plan of salvation and forgiveness that was for you, undeserved as a gift he gave you with his Son Jesus Christ. Maybe that's it. Maybe you haven't accepted him. If you haven't, you can do that today. You can settle it today. Don't leave here today. If you haven't accepted that, you'll celebrate it. The angels the scripture says will celebrate it. We will celebrate it with you. If you need to rededicate that and recommit to that, plan of salvation. We can celebrate that day. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to start contemplating the truth that's contained in these pages. It's the instruction manual for your life. You remember it, you do it, and you will be successful. You will prosper. That's a declaration of truth today from this word, not what start dedicating your time, your energy, your influence, whatever it is that God has given you, maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe it's one, two, some, or all of those things. But I'm going to ask you if you would stand with me as we close. this us bow our heads up. let everyone to stand.